welcome to episode 106 of We The Gamer Cast. It's the official podcast of WeTheNerdy.com, and it comes to you on iTunes and Google Play at Mother Loving YouTube every single Monday. Thank you for listening, subscribing, giving the video a little thumbs up. Even if you just, even if you listen to the show and you go to YouTube and give it a little thumbs up, there's probably one of you who does that. And if you do, thank you so much. Thank you for subscribing and rating on iTunes and all that other good stuff. And uh, this show, remember, it's a video and we're making it better. Thanks to everybody at patreon.com slash make us better. It's pretty literal. Uh, especially our executive producers, Nick Militia from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, Sheldon Benedict, Glocko Schaefer, David Ray, Joey Hare, and Mike Drummy. You guys, executive producers, we thought like two, maybe. I didn't think I'd have to like pull out a scroll and, and let it roll down the, uh, roll the scroll like a roll of toilet paper, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> There's so many. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about video games and all the rest of the stuff. And if you want to be part of the show, it's very easy. You don't even have to have your own podcast, everybody. You can just be on the show. That's sort of the, the idea. Uh, if you want to be on the show, tweet at me. It's at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. I'm just sort of like doing a couple checks around my equipment. Everything is actually recording this time. That, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't the first time that I screamed hey. But I did check. Nobody's napping right now. We should be good. I I have enjoyed having Lincoln in my lap actually doing this because he just kind of like looks at me real weird and I get some strange entertainment out of that. Um, Guys, last week... Toby Thornton, finally, I finally had Toby on the show and I'm so grateful for it because I think I I just really like talking to Toby. I like kind of like peering into his brain. And you know what? Thanks to our new milestone at patreon.com slash make us better. We're doing recurring guests. So Toby, you don't have to wait another hundred episodes, man. This, uh, this can happen sooner rather than later. And, and I appreciate all of the conversation that happened on Twitter out of this. One of the things that we talked about was what was the greatest Zelda ever. So that ended up being the thumbnail and all that kind of stuff. And everybody kind of like jumped in with their own, their own take on what their, uh, what their favorite Zelda game was. Even Chelsea and I were talking about it. We just kind of like, I like doing lists. I don't know about you guys. And I, I mentioned this sometime around my birthday in the summertime. Um, I really recommend this. If you guys can figure out, uh, you know, get together and do like a list night, top 10, I really recommend it. My goodness, I feel really stuffed up still. I have been sick forever. And yet I want to just keep rambling on to you guys. Do a list night. Do pick pick a couple topics. Do, uh, you know, you do your do your top 10 Zelda games and then do it like they do on, on Nintendo voice chat where you can move it around. You, everybody has their own turns. You can introduce a new game and that bumps everything down. It's uh, it's lots of fun, guys. You should definitely do it. So thank you. Anyway, thank you to Toby. Uh, remember, he's on the Nintendo PlayStation podcast and he's at Toby's underscore take if you haven't already followed him. So uh, so that's great. I think last week I was talking about wanting, or maybe the week before, it must have been last week, I don't think I was talking about games the week before, uh, I was talking about my backlog and starting to get a little bit worried about it. Now is a new week, I I, pff, I was going to tabulate my backlog, there's no way dude, that thing is gone, anything that I've missed. <laughs> Um, because we are, we're in the thick of it already, everybody. I'm looking at the fall and it's, it's happening. So I need to tabulate my, my fall slash holiday. And I think this is what I've got. Um, I've got a couple of weeks until South Park and that's kind of when 
everything just when it hits the fan. Uh, South Park is out on October 17th, and I don't know. I, th- I don't know. I think I might want to stream that one, actually. That one could be a fun game to stream. I've been doing a little bit of Cuphead. That's a tough game to stream, but people want to see it. So there's that kind of like weird thing where actually people will, will watch, but you just suck at the game so bad. Like it's not even just me. I mean, I definitely suck. There's, there's something special about my suckiness. There's a good one for you, Johnny. You can have that one for free. Um, but yeah, man, just playing that, but I kind of want to play something that can be a little bit more conversational. And what can be more conversational than some of the things I'm hearing that happen on? on South Park. So a couple weeks, uh, I'll finish up some Cuphead. I'll finish up my time with Forza and I will be writing reviews on both those games, Forza 7 and Cuphead. Spoilers, one of those exclusives is going to be in my top 10 for 2017. One of them I thought was going to be in my top 10. And actually, this isn't really a spoiler at all, although maybe you can maybe do the math just on some of my conversations with some of you and maybe some of my thoughts on the Twitter about both of those games, and it's great, guys. Um, Evil Within, I'm more excited than I, like, how can I say this? Uh, the first Evil Within totally caught me off guard, and I have such good memories of playing that game because I don't think another horror game had me playing in 20-minute bursts quite like that one did. Not even Resident Evil this year, although it was close. There were times when I just couldn't go any farther with the Evil Within. Further? farther I couldn't do it like I actually had to take a break because I was sweating too much and I could I could actually like sense my body getting more and more tense and then I'm like okay take a pause and you could feel everything relax a little bit it's almost like you just you need a little breather so I'm excited for the evil within man that's it I hope they do some good stuff I will wait on reviews for it though that is not a like South Park's day one uh evil within that's a wait on reviews thing Wolfenstein Wolfenstein? I'm hearing people say Wolfenstein. Somebody let me know. Are, is Wolfenstein the real way to say it? Is it Berenstein Bears or Berenstein? I think it was Berenstein. So maybe it is Wolfenstein. Anyways, Fall is looking really great and Destiny is taking a backseat, but I might try to see if I, I want to get at least raid ready for um by, by the time South Park comes around. So That's all I'm going to say about Destiny, because I know everybody is sick to death about Destiny talk. Um, The only other thing that I want to say is you're welcome. Just like Moana. Uh, Somebody, if if you've seen Moana, you got that song in your head right now. Uh, I I am providing to you, or I have asked and requested and, and manifested the upcoming Splatfest. Everybody, you need to go check out If We Ran Nintendo, episode 72. It was back in August. And Bobby's going on and on and on about all these different, like, he actually had really good Splatfest ideas. Um, Dracula versus, actually, that wasn't even the best one. I can't even remember his, his, you have to go check it out. And he's going on and on, and I'm like, Bobby, I just need to go with my knockout punch. And it's toilet paper, over or under. And I swear to God, <laughs> when that came up, I'm like, I could have sworn I I said that. So I went back, and I found it. I, I timestamped It's around 35 minutes, I believe, you know, because... Todd, who we'll be talking to in just a second, um, that's when we got it. <laughs> that's when we got into our topics. So please go check that out, episode seventy-two. It'll give you a good laugh, considering that this Splatfest is actually happening. I won't go into my Super Nintendo Classic Edition just ridiculousness that happened on Friday on this show. I'll probably, I think Bobby is going to want to talk about that on if we ran Nintendo. We'll record on Monday night. So if you're listening to this on Monday, we'll do it live. 
We'll do it live on uh, his channel, youtube.com slash nintendoguru, because I want to talk to him about it. I'm not happy. I tried three different places to get it, and that's all I'm going to say. So a little teaser for if we ran Nintendo. And I may have had a bit of a, a little temper tantrum. <laughs> I vented to Bobby, mostly joking, but as he started taking it seriously, I leaned into a little bit more. So that's that's a good time. Uh Guys, that's, that's enough for today, isn't it? I think let's, let's, that's, that's me. I hope you're well. I hope this week is going to be great for you. And I hope your, the load of video games is not too overbearing. I hope you're enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, man, hit me up on Twitter. Remember, at Sean Capri, Sean the Connor Capri, like the pants. Let me know what you guys are playing. I just love what's happening. It's just like we're all kind of coming. It feels like we're playing games with each other for the first time in forever. And it's awesome. Uh, so let, let's do it. Let's uh, get into it. I haven't even recorded this yet. I will be talking to Todd Oxford. I don't know what happens here. That's weird. I haven't done that in a while. Soon, I will be talking to Todd Oxtra. You're going to hear it in a second, but I'm going to talk to him in 20 minutes. <laughs> so here he is. Uh, wait, uh, he is at Todd Oxtra. Wait, at Toxtra. Not Todd Oxtra. Toxtra on Twitter. He is the host of Secret Friends Unite podcast. In my mind, this is podcast royalty. This is this was one of the first shows that I remember hearing about as I was entering into this this new frontier. I remember hearing of the Todd Oxtra. So I can't wait to pick his brain a little bit, have a have a great conversation. Hopefully, I can't even promise that this one's gonna be great. It hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it's amazing. Here he is, Todd Oxtra. <laughs> Bobby's an old man, so he gets up at three o'clock in the morning for his, uh, you know, his early bird breakfast. And then you have kids, you have a little one, so you're up at like three o'clock in the morning anyway. So what else are you going to do? I'm really, that's the thing though, man. Like I, and maybe I'm just doing it wrong. And this is something that goes through my brain every once in a while. Like maybe I should be up at three in the morning. Like I'm really, I'm really not. And I still manage to be a bit of a baby about sleep. Like to be honest with you, it's just not... I don't know. No. Chelsea, Chelsea's on another level. I, I have to still figure out how to maximize the dadness, I think. Yeah, we had this game when my, my, my son's 11, so he's almost 12. So we this is a long time. This is like ancient history for us because <laughs> your, your mind blocks that period of time because mm-hmm. it creates. That's why people have more kids because they totally like there's a, there's hormones that say it was the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Nothing negative happened. And then you have more kids. <laughs> we only had one. So apparently we're broken individuals. <laughs> oh, I don't think that that's what that means. No. Um, but the funny part is when you say that it's it's my wife and I, I don't know if we had we, we were both playing the same game. It was almost like. If somebody stirred or woke up, they got it. They got it. So you almost like tried to bolt. Who could hold out the longest? Oh, my goodness. So is it like it was a conscious thing then? Like how did it end up rolling out that just one? Because I'm hearing a lot of my friends go, this is good. This is enough. This is, I think, uh, this is no problem. Maybe we'll we'll adopt the, the one child rule from overseas. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's amazing. It all depends on how your life is. And we were, my, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I have a sibling, an older sister. My wife is an only child, so right. she was the one actually that wanted another child because she had that experience. Like you know, I missed out on a lot. I didn't have siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, some people even get the dark and, and weird situation where like, well, I don't want to be the only one that has to take care of my parents, which is just like, oh wow, such a long experience. That like, is- what? 
looking ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're they're born. You have to worry about when you're going to die. I mean, that's really morbid. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it ultimately becomes what you want to do. My wife is going to school for her master's. She wants to be a writer oh, wow. full time, and yeah. life just kind of got away from us. We just like, oh, maybe we'll have another one. Maybe we'll adopt. It just never. Oh, happened. really? Yeah. Um, how come adoption? Well, my wife is from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and uh, she just knows there's a lot of kids there that just don't oh, have. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And also, my wife is older than me. She's like five years older than me, although no one ever says that. They always assume I'm like five years older. I never. Well, not that you look particularly <laughs> old either. You, you guys are both apparently like forever children. This is. Oh, my God. And also, I mean, I don't want to be totally creepy about this, but like if you flip through the pictures and, you know, you kind of creep a little bit on Todd Ochtner on social media, you're, you're aging well, man. I got to say, like, this is kind of a nice thing for, for guys like us, like for nerds who grew up, you know, probably not, you know, swimming in ladies, like we're not we're surrounded by all that stuff. We're not the best looking <laughs> young men and to grow up and go, you know, shed five pounds in the right place and then have a nicely shaped head like yourself you're growing you're aging well man so good for you <laughs> i don't well, know what you're supposed you, to say sean. to that now sean hold on. how old are you i am 33 and i'm you're getting 30... I'm, I'm getting old enough to have to think about that i'm like when okay. did i change <laughs> okay, so you were actually a little older than i was when i had my son i was 30 so mm-hmm. you're you're a little older than me but it, it's fun i mean um, and you're going to experience some things that are very unique uh, coming up. I mean, I, I the, the journey you are on is fantastic. My son is, you know, it, 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 and it, it's I don't know what we're going to actually talk about today. It's up to you. It's your it's your it's your show. This I is don't awesome. even know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing that always amazes me, and you always see this on a lot of the podcasts and 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 and, and Facebook pages, is like I'm going to make my son do this, or I'm going to yeah. going to raise them the right way, and I'm like. You know, if that had been my dad's goal in my life, I would have all I would have watched is the Lone Ranger Westerns, mm. um, not played a video game, <laughs> been an avid hunter, um, mm. and played professional ba- or you know played semi professional baseball. That's what would have been my life. But my mm. dad was like, "Do what you want." And maybe it was the fact that my dad just didn't care about my interests. Not that he was a bad oh. guy. It was just my dad was old school. He was born in thirty eight. He is kind of loved me, but he was like, ultimately, I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, mm-hmm. find it, sport. But he didn't also didn't hold me back. He didn't say, "Oh, you have to go hunting with me. I want you to experience it." But after that, that's fine. So I'm not a uh, great white hunter as my dad mm. was. So, okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, it was there. Did you just not like? What about? Because I don't really get hunting. I don't know about. I mean, obviously, it didn't really like grab you as well. I don't really understand uh, the pull. I don't. I feel like it's just uncomfortable all the time. Also, you're killing animals, so that's another that's another thing. Like I like big buck yeah. hunter, I'm all for it. Uh, but, <laughs> that's a switch. Come on. Really, I mean, it's actually it's a funny thing. I uh, I went camping one time with a with a good friend of mine, and we we all drove home, and we were a couple hours later than than uh, my friend's dad. It was out at his cabin, and by the time we got back to his place, he um, he was in the garage and he had this carcass hanging from the ceiling and he was kind of like hosing it off and everything yep. and and i'm mortified like i'm so sheltered when it comes to this kind of stuff and and like you know just in the movies and this is one of those it looks too real to be real it's a, it looks like a prank so he's hosing this thing off and and i knew that he was a he was a guy who who hunted and and cooked his own meat and he would often have his freezer full of just venison and all these other different types of things he made his own wine um so so he's like he's hosing this thing down and, he, and I'm like, what happened? He goes, 
oh, you didn't hear? We hit a, we hit a deer on our way home. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are you okay? Well, the car looks okay. And he's told, it doesn't even add up to me that he's completely messing with me. He stopped by a farm and I don't even think it was a deer. I think it was like a sheep or anything. So it just shows what I know. But, um, yeah, man, like how, what was your, like, did you just kind of like ricochet off of the atmosphere of, of hunting? Like what was, what was the approach to maybe even try to get you involved? Well, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting experience because in my household now, I do not even own a gun. It's kind yeah. of interesting. But as mm-hmm. a child growing up with my dad who grew up in rural Minnesota, hunting was a part of his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It was his hobby, just like video games were for us. Um, and uh, part of it was just, you know, if you can uh, use the land and, and cultivate mm-hmm. it, you grew up on a farm, mm-hmm. you know, this is part of just the experience. You know, you use what you've got. And he loved it. And he... Uh, he wanted to teach me the same, you know, experience, which I totally get. I grew up in a rural community as well. Hunting was really ingrained uh, in that uh, mindset. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, why not? I went to hunter safety, learned how to fire guns. Um, my dad took me out and I was always a nerdy geek kid. I was, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say I was raised by TV, but my mom worked. My yeah. dad worked second shift. So when I'd come home, my sister would come home. She'd go off and read her girly books or whatever. And I would sit <laughs> and watch every cartoon that was ever going to be on. I'd watch the monster movies, sci-fi, whatever. So that mm-hmm. became like my main focus. My friends too. You know, I was probably the first generation that really grew up with toys targeted at kids, Transformers, He-Man, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was part of my thing. So, and I don't want to, this sounds horrible because it's like the, the average nerd thing, but it's like, I hated being torn away from the warm glow <laughs> of TV, my Atari 5200. Nice. <laughs> oh, All those yeah. fun things. You know, I, I love that. So yeah. uh, for me, it was kind of like, and I grew up in, you know, I, I, I didn't not like nature, but to me, it wasn't like I've got to be out there because it's a thing. But I mean, I grew up in that generation out mm-hmm. playing with kids, bikes and things like that. But getting back to um, hunting, my dad took me out uh, several times. So we'd go mm-hmm. uh, uh, up in my uh, uncle's cabin. And then we'd go uh, hang out with one of his best friends, and we'd go up to this more very rural place in Michigan called Cadillac, and it was broad nice. open range. So you'd have long, uh, long range firearms like a thirty out six, and the other place to go was twelve gauge shotgun because it's of course. nearer in, nearer in. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's what I would use in Turok Hunter, but I couldn't see that exactly. far. You know, the pea soup fog of war. Yeah. So and and I and I did really enjoy it. I kind of felt like and I and this is probably like was it boring. It was kind of boring because yeah. in certain instances, you're wearing blaze orange because you don't want to get shot. But <laughs> I was nervous. I was a kid, you know, 13-year-old carrying around a gun, mm-hmm. uh, realizing it's life or death. If I sh- if someone came up behind me and I got nervous and shot them, my life changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had an experience um, where basically I was uh, sitting against a tree. It's cold in Michigan, you know, very cold. Um, all of a sudden – I start hearing something coming from behind. Oh my god! Turn around, look behind the tree. I see three deer, and I got what they call buck fever. Basically, you cannot do anything. You're frozen. Uh-huh. It's not fear. It's just adrenaline. It's almost like your body telling you something's going to happen. You're either mm-hmm. going to, you know, fight or flight. It's that 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 perfect moment. And I froze. Or stand and still. Or stand still. Do whatever. <laughs> There's that third option that people forget about. <laughs> and those were the only deer I ever saw in yeah. my two years of hunting. They ran away, and that was it. And you imagine had a triple sitting, kill. 
No, I get you right could unleash like your super, your ultimate. They just get them all at once. You're in I, my sights. I could see it in slow mo, <laughs> like the Matrix, those bullets penetrating each you know jugular vein. But uh, they heard me. They moved away, and that was my dear experience. Oh now, my gosh! And that's and that was basically think about this eight you know eight hours a day, three days, and that's mm-hmm. all you see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds exciting, right? Not really, but you did mention something right off the start that like, and that's, so when I say like, I don't get it, I don't understand hunting, it's the, um, the killing animals, don't love it, like obviously I eat steak, like I'm not, like, and it it just, whatever happens, happens, and I, I, I just live with that. Um, but you mentioned something at the start where, you know, it's the, the, the pull of living off the land, you know, um, making your own, I really, like, how much of that sort of made its way into your household like were you were you still were you was it more supplementing with hunting in terms of what you guys were eating or was it um just more for fun and if you if you if your dad happened to to grab something then then that's what was for dinner for the next like six months or was it like a primary source like i think that that's fascinating i was just talking to i was getting a shuttle to work when took my car in and he was telling me he he grew up in africa and he grew up on just like fresh food every single day. And we got into this conversation about how, man, we don't even have time to go to the grocery store to buy fresh fruit every, every single day. So I'm curious, like, is this, how did this sort of like enter the household? Uh, if we had to survive off of my dad's killings, we would have started. (laughs) (laughs) It was, you know, I, I love my dad to pieces, but you know, Mm -hmm. and he passed away about 10 years ago. Um, and, oh, that's okay. Uh, but, um, I always joked with him because, every year you'd go and i i and i mm-hmm. and i think for him it became more of a this is his dude weekend this is his yeah. gets away goes away my mom knows he's going to be away so we're hanging out whatever mm-hmm. um and they call it deer hunters widow whatever weekend i don't oh, know what they call funny. it yeah that's yeah. what the ladies called it that's and amazing. uh they'd play poker my dad would only cook one time a year he only cooked once my dad was the guy that grew up with you know back old school he'd yep. open up a can of beans and eat it cold oh yeah my dad would do that too that's amazing <laughs> my dad's dinner special was um well he's, he's still around i'm sure he would make this if i asked for it but like uh, like a fried egg and and beans and that was it just like it doesn't get any better have your protein i love here that. you go yeah so he would but the one time of the year he would make food he'd make a huge pot of chili and mm-hmm. that was his contribution to the hunting trip because um that's what he wanted to do and literally that's all you would eat for three days is chili mm-hmm. and just imagine dudes eating chili not oh bathing. yeah uh, and you know, I'm not sure how you're into the hygiene thing, but there is no bathroom. Yeah. In, I'm sure it smells amazing. Yeah. So it, you're doing your thing. Um, <laughs> but there was poker, you know, I call it tales of ribaldry, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. guys behaving badly. And it really was bonding for my dad. This was his yeah. opportunity to think. And so it's, it would be like us playing a game together. It's, just, it's that, that experience. So when I did go with him, he was lucky enough to get, um, deer, uh, he got bucks, and uh, and for me, I'm a scientific type of guy. I have yeah. a nursing degree, but I've never used it. But I am fascinated by science mm-hmm. and biology. So when for him, for me, the exciting part was the dissection of that deer field dressing. Oh, okay. Um, absolutely loved it. I, I I embraced it. I mean, I wasn't going and getting all in there. Yeah, <laughs> so just face it. first, just ah. But I mean, it was my first time I ever ate a deer heart. We we'd fry oh, it up in gosh. a pan, and just the whole the, heart. 
the whole well you you cut it up it's kind of like you think the heart is a muscle just like yep. anything else um and it's a very lean muscle because it's working a lot these are deer so but it yeah. was really an interesting flavor and taste and i mean most people say a heart how oh, that's disgusting i'm like but that's kind of the whole eating the whole beast and and mm-hmm. you know taking all like you know using the sinew Pick and to choose that. and you kill the exactly. whole animal you're like mm. Maybe yeah. just a little of the thigh. <laughs> Stay away from the liver, probably. Maybe the kidneys, but yeah, certain things like that. So, but that was my interest, and that's how it kind of sure, man. my dad. So, and then life went its own way. I got really involved in a lot of extracurricular t- activities, working things in high school. Mm-hmm. That's when I kind of parted ways with that. But I think uh, overall, my dad was just happy I tried. And uh, as a as a as a as a parent to a kid, I have a twelve year old or eleven year old, soon to be twelve. I just want him to experience stuff. Yeah, and, man. And, and, you know, I don't want to push him in a certain direction because ultimately self-discovery and what you enjoy is so exciting as a kid. Mm-hmm. You, you you know, what your friends are into, what you're learning and experiencing, I, you know, it's so great. So I, it's a great experience. I, I, I enjoy what I did. Um, I eventually will inherit um, my guns to our house because I think mm-hmm. it's a good thing. If Logan wants to use them, that's great. I'll train him. Amazing name. By the mm-hmm. way, Logan was number two. It was ah, Lincoln or Logan. Nice. It was basically like the flip of a coin, man. And if there's another, Chelsea and I were just talking about that. If we had another boy, is it too much to have two L names? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't, it's, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I could go, this is another flip of the coin, but we don't really have, we had a whole bunch of names for boys. Girls, we were totally screwed. Mm-hmm. But if, uh, we've got all these, we've got like half the cast of Lost could be, <laughs> could be, <laughs> could be named after. Um, so let's talk about this whole thing too, this notion of like the discovery. So, I mean, you re- obviously recognize your dad allowed you to kind of find your own thing. And I'm assuming that even though there's, it sounds like there's like a lot of testosterone like involved in the, in the hunting and the guys weekends and all of those types of things. Um, was there any sort of like friction in terms of, well, this isn't what I want. And not only do I not want this like hugely, uh, man of the earth type of lifestyle or interest, I want to sit in front of the TV and play my Atari. Like this, what? There, that's there's a bit of a gap there. So I'm trying to like get a sense of what was that like growing up for you. Well, and, and to give some context, my dad was a foster kid, um, okay. and he really didn't have a constant home. He was moved mm-hmm. around, and because of that, that was one thing that was so important. Of anything, he wanted to be the best dad he could be. Not my friend, Love because it. yeah, because because he, he didn't have that friend relationship with his foster parents and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my dad found ways to connect where mm-hmm. we didn't have to like the same things. And he knew that, um, and, and I have an older sister. So she kind of, I think maybe plowed the way first because of girly things that he was definitely not interested in <laughs> Harlequin romance books, cooking, things like that. And, um, now he's got or, his boy. Yes, exactly. He's got me. <laughs> he can embrace all those things and put them upon me. But um, I, it is interesting. We had certain ga- uh, you know gaps that we filled. Like he loved one of our rituals every Sunday morning. We watched Abbott and Costello films. Mm-hmm. Something he grew up as a kid. It was on reruns. Loved it. Uh, Lone Ranger. Those type of shows. Star Trek, the original series. Yep. He loved it. I Did he? oh cool. Like it. Okay, yeah. so there's the there's the connect. Did you like it? Is that what you said? Yeah, I liked it because yeah. at the time, I mean, we're talking like early 80s. There wasn't a lot going on with genre at the time. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, Star Trek was a big thing because it was like, this is sci-fi. So yeah, very cool. My dad, my because my dad watched it when it was live in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So for him, it was something that resonated with him and he shared it with me. My Loved dad, it. my dad loves Star Trek as well. That's hilarious. 
Sorry, I think I cut you off. So no, it's generational, which is great. Mm. And so the thing it's is, the you next share generational, it, the next generational, exactly. You go on a voyager with those characters. Yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a reach. Um, but then um, it, we also had football. I love football, oh, American nice. football, yep. not European football. Sorry. Yep. No. Also, Canadian football doesn't. Most people don't even know that that's a thing. But Canadian football, in my mind, doesn't even it doesn't even register. Like it's actually embarrassing. <laughs> Like so they, have, they have a Canadian football game, though, right? Yes, and uh, yeah, a video game. The Canadian football—it's <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. It's so. I my, my that's where my dad and I don't see eye to eye on it. Is he is so proudly Canadian that like it doesn't matter how low budget, how awful it is. Like it's just clearly not as good as NFL. But he he loves he loves the CFL, man. It's it's pretty funny. It's not funny. It's it's nice. It's endearing. Really, sure. that's what a good Canadian should do. I've completely abandoned the game. I think it's, it's at, like in terms of just a sport, it's just ridiculous because there's different rules. It's got this giant ball, like NFL ball is really nice and sleek and you can actually throw it. This one's like, you can maybe get your hand around like an eighth of the ball and it looks like it, like it's just a beach ball compared to it. And then your, your wide receivers are in full sprint at the snap. Like it's just, it's weird rules, man. Um, but anyway, I don't know how we got on, on that tangent. What's your favorite Star Trek? <laughs> Um, my favorite Star Trek is probably Deep Space Nine. Um, yes, dude, I was just talking about that with Bobby, the theme song. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> How come? Um, and it's funny because I tend to fall on the wrong side of fandom. Like I yep. was a, uh, so do I, I. I was a, um, Babylon 5 fan. And there's not okay. many of us out there. I mean, it, but it, but what I loved about Babylon Five, and I maybe some people think I'm con, you know contradictory or, or the devil's advocate. Yes, I play that role sometimes. Mm-hmm. But with Babylon Five, if you don't know about it, it basically uh, Michael J. Straczynski, famous writer, basically he wanted to create a sci-fi opera epic, and it didn't want it to be episodic. He wanted to be serialized and have one overarching mm-hmm. story in five years. And he developed that story year one and put it out there. Where Star Trek was you know, villain of the week or yeah. whatever, you know, standalone story, kind of like the Simpsons, you know, nothing ever changes, you know, between, yeah, you know, nice episode to episode. Wrapped up bow at the end of everything. Exactly. It's all good. No one learned anything. Bart's still going <laughs> to do wacky things. They forgot that he almost died because of the hijinks, whatever. But um, with Deep Space Nine, this was really Star Trek's first attempt to do that, take mm-hmm. that model, carry over all like the Dominion Wars and things like that. And I just thought they added so many dimensions with those characters. One of the the creators and, and, and uh, developers behind that um, uh, was Ron Moore, who then went on to make Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could see that influence where he was going. 100%. Yeah, man, I love it. I remember, and I, like, because my dad watched Star Trek all the time, and it was almost like, like, this was his, this is about as nerdy as he got. He likes collecting things. He, he's got, like, like toys and everything. He's got these giant, like, three-foot Ninja Turtle toys. I don't even know where they're from. Uh, but just stuff. If you go into his basement, he's got stuff everywhere. And he just geeked out about Star Trek. And it was almost like this is where, like, I'm going to get in trouble with Lincoln because I'm just going to be the same. I'm going to be over the top. <laughs> I love all things. It's not even just going to be just Star Trek. It's not going to be one thing. It's just I love video games and all this crap behind me. And he's going to look at all that and go like, dad that's dumb and he's gonna just go do something else completely and that's like i i saw the uh the appeal of star trek growing up but because i don't know maybe it was just because he liked it so much and he maybe like he downplayed it too he'd go like oh i know it's stupid but i but i like it and and that's all that we would see of it is that yeah it is totally cheesy but i remember 
very vividly actually the very first episode of deep space nine i remember it come like uh after the next generation and that's the one that i really grew i never really watched the original i i got to know the the william shatner cast through the movies for the most part uh but yeah next generation happened and then deep space nine and i remember thinking i don't like this theme song as much i re- i really like the next generation it's just like mm-hmm. that is such a great song and then, uh, yeah, totally different. It's not action. It's like, what is this space station and why do I care? Like, this is not a ship. This thing doesn't fire torpedoes or lasers. So as a kid, I didn't, I didn't really grasp onto it. It wasn't until a little later in life that I went back and went, that is such a watchable show. And in fact, I like the theme song even more now. It's just so like nice. And I, I just really like it. So I love that you say that that's your favorite. Yeah, and and my my co-host on the podcast, Charlie, is like the biggest Star Trek fan. In college, Voyager was on, Deep Space Nine was on, mm. and this is telling you how bad it was. He would videotape these episodes, yeah, and he had he had a VHS collection, like you wouldn't believe the things he recorded, and he would edit out the commercials VHS, in between it. Yes. Oh my goodness! And <laughs> I hated Voyager so much, and I would Did just you? annoy him. I was the person that would sit there and just comment on every episode, and uh, and this tells you how much of his fandom is. Um, and this is a really dumb story, but it's just <laughs> how how people can get very uh, fanatic about their things that they love. And this isn't even Star Trek. He just loved certain things, and it was um, we were in college. He was working at the front desk. Yeah. I was up in the room. He called me and said, "Hey, um, can you record?" melrose place for me no like i'm like okay okay i will and then he calls again just to make sure i did and i said um oh sorry i'm recording oh nascar instead just as a joke i love it he he came up from the front desk came up and was so mad at me that i said dude i'm just kidding just kidding he punched me So, so, um, it's just interesting how people's fandom goes. And that was just something I'd always joke about with him is just, you know, and if I mm-hmm. screwed him up when he was recording those episodes of Voyager, he would get so pissed off Amazing. at me, but you know, we survived. And what a, like a story of the times too, right? Where you go, like if that happened now, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like if you, for, even if you forgot to lay PVR or something there, there's ways that, but that was it. Like if you didn't tape it. You are totally screwed. Were you on, uh, you mentioned that you were talking about, uh, comments and like, were you on forums or anything for, for Star Trek or things like that? Is that like, how deep does this go? So I was not. So I, I like Star Trek. Yeah. It's not my love. Now, okay. Babylon 5, on the other hand, it probably would have. And that was a show. I don't even know how I was able to watch it. Oh, I know. Because Babylon 5 was syndicated at first. And then TNT bought it. Basically bought the rights to show that show every day. And they did a unique thing where mm-hmm. to get people up to speed, they made a standalone episode. It was like, almost like a miniseries that basically caught everybody up. So it was mm-hmm. a good starting point. And that's I, I recorded that show every day. But to your point, absolutely. If you missed it. You did not know when you would see it again, and it was very frustrating. It's frustrating as a as a fan because you don't want to miss a show. And it's funny because we kind of say it and jokingly like, "Oh, weren't those the days?" Like, "Oh, if you missed it, that's it, you're out of luck." Ha ha ha. But in the moment, there was nothing worse. It's just like this is the kind of like what you talked about with uh, having another kid. Like we, there's something that makes us forget how awful it was, but. I'm sure I, it probably just throwing the landline phone across the room and having the cord bring it back. Just these terrible things that happen. Um, can I ask you a question, Todd? Yes. How come there's no great Star Trek games? There is one great. I knew you were going to say well, that. 
<laughs> a bit I of will a... say there's a, there's a couple of different eras and style of Star Trek games. Why is, okay, good. I'll rephrase. Why is Star Wars better? Why why can they make great Star Wars games and not great? I'm just gonna upset you. <laughs> well, because and I will, and I will say this: um, Star Wars is 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 bombastic. It is action first, character Ooh. second. Mm-hmm. They they layer characterization. As things are happening, kind of like a video game, you're learning, talking to your characters, like Nate Nate Drake. He's kind of informing you about himself as they're, you know, he and Sully are going off and doing something. That's where the dialogue and the character building says. You're not getting like a long three hour, you know, they're sitting around talking about their lives and drinking coffee. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. Whereas Star Trek is much more about the characters and the plot happens around them. Um, It's more diplomatic. Uh, They they solve the problem through uh, their wit and wisdom rather than with their blasters. So I, I ultimately I think in Star Trek you could probably count on fingers and toes the number of times they actually probably shot someone with right. a with a with a um with one of their um uh photon Phasers. torpedoes or something. Oh Phasers. yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's why like people love the Wrath of Khan so much because mm-hmm. it has one of the best uh battle scenes of of Star Trek. But that's like the rarity. It mm-hmm. really is. So I would See, I say I think in Star Trek 6 when they when they uh, sneak onto the Klingon ship and they're just fired yes. and then just the pink blood everywhere. My goodness, that just blew my whatever I was, twelve year old mind. What is why is this a pink? Oh, aliens, of course. <laughs> That's right. It can't That's right. be it can't be the same. Exactly. And you know, I mean you had like what uh uh the one Star Trek movie um oh it was uh was it first contact uh, with uh, the Borg, mm-hmm. uh, some good battle scenes in that, but ultimately, yeah, the, the the rarity is the great combat battles, and it's harder to make a game. So what Star Trek did really was um, the early games, they had almost like point-and-click adventures. I don't know if you remember yep. back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. That interplay game, and I, and I don't know if your your dad might actually like this, because he, if he liked the original series, that interplay game series, it was very much like... The, the, they had Kirk. They had the real voices. When voice acting in video games was very new, mm-hmm. CD-ROM drives was you know a, a huge deal. Yep, I got my four times read speed, man. Exactly. <laughs> I remember you telling me though the fact that you had your CD-ROM, whatever, and you had no speakers, right? I couldn't. I had to. I, I saved up all the money for my sound blaster, and it's like, oh wait, you need speakers, <laughs> right? And it was all for that Mortal Kombat port. That's I right. wanted. I wanted. I wanted to hear Scorpion say, "Get over here." We got our sound yeah. blaster. Yeah, yeah man, so, the crappiest speakers that we end up getting. Oh, Anyways, boy. I've yeah. Side no, but that's that's if you want that old experience, that's probably the best. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's called uh, Legacy Rights or something like that. So that was like in the heart of that that primary series. But probably the best game since then, and it's my show I like the least. It's Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had a first person shooter uh, Voyager game, and it was mm-hmm. really well done. I think it was done on the Unreal uh, Engine. And it was very much uh, a very heavy on combat game. Uh, you fought on, the, you fought the Borg, Hal, the voices. But I, it, I felt so weird because I hated that series so much of the characters. But it was fun. It so, was Star Trek, and this is as good as it gets. I guess it's kind of yeah. like, uh, well, yeah. I guess we're gonna have to like Batman v Superman. I'm just kidding. Um, so you talked about how Star Trek is all, and I'm just gonna hang on to this. And if anybody doesn't like Star Trek, then and you know what, just bear with us. We'll we'll move on in a second. But um. You talk about how Star Trek is like characters first and like action and stuff maybe later. Like that to me just screams role playing game. Like there should be a very like decision based um, type of game. And maybe this, my experience with a lot of Star Trek games, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like this character doesn't exist in the world or like there's, a, here's a new red shirt uh, along for the ride. And it just doesn't really ever click. And I kind of want to be 
maybe more involved in the in the world or i like why haven't we got a role-playing game i feel like just bethesda please give us a or even like bioware did star wars do a jj abram and go to the other side let's do star trek as well man I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you get the right developer for it. You do have class-based characters in this yeah. Star Trek. You've got the engineer. You've got medical. You've got uh, security. You've got, uh, you know, all those pieces. You've got the command uh, mm-hmm. element. And uh, they have done some interesting things where they've done space simulation, where it's more turn-based, things like that. But you don't really have the individual characters doing things. Right. They also have, what, the the uh, Star Trek Online, which a lot of people like. But it's an MMO, oh, and it's still yeah. the combat is still feels very much... Um, and I played that actually on Xbox with friends. It was actually mm-hmm. kind of fun. But um, it's still more of that shooty, shooty, bang, bang mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. Now the Star Trek VR experience that that Ubisoft put out, I've heard great bridge? things about it. What's yeah, it the called? Bridge bridge Some, Crew, I think. Bridge Crew, that's it, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard people absolutely love it because you are basically role-playing in that role. Yeah, yeah, the man. captain is telling you to do this. You're doing that. But you're definitely... It's 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 limited because it's VR, but it's cross-play between PC and PS4, which is kind of cool. That's so. awesome. That does sound like what we've been waiting for this whole time. And even as I said, Bioware, why don't you do a Star Trek? Like, would you argue that that Mass Effect is basically that? Like, very character-driven, very, like, race-oriented, too. Like, you're talking about the classes, and I think about also the the cultural... Uh, overtones or undertones of not even would you say it's under i think it's just like totally saturated with the um, a lot of cultural commentary um that star trek and i think that that bioware does touch on that even to the next level of all the different types of minorities is mass effect i think they could totally they could totally nail a, a star trek game uh todd i would be totally i'm gonna there's no easy way to 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 um segue to this um, but I need to talk to you about the Air Force. So you you have like such a what a history. This is one hour is definitely not going to be able to do it, especially when we dedicate a half an hour to to Star Trek. <laughs> but you grew up hunting in the woods with your dad, uh, eating deer heart. You at some point get a nursing degree, which we'll touch on maybe another time. But also venturing into the air force and i i love on um on, on your twitter it says af vet which I, i'm sure a lot of millennials will think means something <laughs> oh, else oh no uh, <laughs> i didn't even a, think about you're that. a oh, veteran no. af uh tell me about this man okay so like growing up as a as a as a geek loving star trek all these things loving your atari and then all of a sudden i'm gonna go fly planes or work in the uh, i'm gonna be in the air force how what's that journey my dad was a uh, vet as well. He was in a, a uh, he was worked as a munitions loader on naval aircraft mm-hmm. in the sixties. Um, then he um, went off active duty, became a CB, which is basically the construction arm of the Navy. So they would go and build things. My dad was a, was a fantastic carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually taught shop. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, you know, yeah, in in high school, he also taught history. Then he went to work for General Motors because so, he could make more money. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Along the way, though, um, you know, my dad was a hardworking guy, but he wanted me to go to college, and he he knew there was a, a great way to go, which mm-hmm. was through military service. And he thought maybe the Air Force Academy or something might be an opportunity. Also, um, ROTC, which not sure if they have that in Canada, Sean, um, or if they have a program like that. They have the Canadian Air Force, of course. Mm-hmm. My wife actually spent some time with some Canadian Air Force folks at her public relations school. Oh, wow. Um, which because we this, and I did the same thing when I went to my school in the Air Force. It was internationally people from Morocco, India, Puerto Rico, wherever yeah. else. 
Puerto Rico's not international. It's part of the United States, but still, whatever. Uh, Korea. Remember, guys, it's That's part right. of the <laughs> That's right. Yes. Does, does America look at the Canadian Air Force kind of like you do with the CFL, like with the Canadian Football League? It's like, yeah, you guys go have your fun with your ancient planes and like, yeah, you you, you do your thing. Or I actually don't even know. Like, oh, well, like where are we at? Is Canada okay in this yeah, respect? Yeah, Canada, you know, we, we love our partners. Um, yeah. And, you know, little known fact, Sean, the Canadian Air Force runs on maple syrup. That's true. That uh, we should actually make sure more people know that. The, the, no jet fuel. It's just pure blood from maple trees. That's, what, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Right. On. It's that's living off the land. That's what we've been talking about. I believe there was a great <laughs> drought in uh, 1922 mm-hmm. to fill up the the sop with camels of the Canadian Air Force. <laughs> All factual. Why am I laughing? I don't know. I guess it's that's, funny because it's true. That's why. It's, that's what it is say. exactly. It just it's you know sometimes people don't deal with stress very well because you know you know it was a stressful time for Canada. That's true. Laugh. It was that's a hard true. time. That's right. That's and what else can we do up here? We have to laugh that's to true. stay warm. Yes, your 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 enemies to the north, the White Walkers. You have to be prepared. <laughs> the White Walkers. We we have a, a constant patrol for the. Um, we have actually rescue helicopters. That's what most of our air force does: rescue helicopters for the for the polar bears that the land is melting beneath their feet. We go snatch oh. them up. We just go. We go rescue them. That's what ninety percent of our uh, of our air force, as our AF, is doing. Wait, when did you retire the ice dragons? Um, that was in, of course, nineteen seventy six. Oh, okay. Um, That's it was right. actually there was a few other things culturally happening. There was a lot of like dogs versus dragons thing, and and people went with dogs, <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at now. I got three of them. Oh, if things went differently in an alternate history, I'd have a pet dragon on my roof. Of course, you would. on my igloo roof. It's just <laughs> <laughs> what are we even talking about? Oh, How did I we go from know. Air Force? Okay, so so this is an option for for schooling. Yes. Yes, yeah, so uh, we have uh, four academies in the United States, uh, Naval, Air Force, uh, Navy, uh, actually three. The, the the Marines go to the Naval Academy, so we really have three, West Point, Air Force Academy, and uh, we also have the Naval Academy. And uh, I actually have friends that went to the Naval Academy, so on and so forth, but I really didn't want to have that experience. The Naval Academy is almost like a... It's basically a military school. It's very, very strict. You mm. uh, are always being... You're always basically on notice you're you know you don't have a lot of relaxation time a lot of people we always laughed because those of us who went through rotc you can get in the military in many ways but mm-hmm. we always laughed about the folks in the academy because when they would get out and they go into the air force active duty it was almost like them actually going into college where they just went crazy and went insane and you know party too hard yeah so for them it was their time to finally relax versus us thinking hey we're we're kids. We're not kids anymore. We got to be adults. So yeah, very funny. funny. Yeah. So I uh, decided to apply and interviewed for ROTC scholarships. My dad was in the Navy. He said, "Todd, join the Air Force. It's much better." I'm like, "Okay." Oh wow. Yeah. And was that like kind of like? Did you show any sort of inclination to it earlier than that? Like, were you like? Was there any like cadets or anything like that, or just like there's a junction and now all of a sudden this is an open road? Because it it seems to me that like. That, that that maybe there's more of a path, but maybe I don't know, man. Like I, I guess you're, what you're saying is that it's just it was it was an opportunity, and you just kind of went after it. So I love that. 
Yeah, well, it really wasn't something. I mean, I when when I was a kid, my dad would take me to. They would have uh, weekend warriors, as they call it. Basically, if you were in the reserves, they do training, and my dad would take me to his training with some of his other buddies would bring their kids, mm-hmm. and we'd go and we'd watch them perform. They do drills, and they would also do uh, projects like in the community. So they would build uh, things for the community houses and things like that, just to use their skills. Because when you're a carpenter, you kind of got to do that. So right. that was his role. So um, and he, my dad would tell me some great stories about when he would go overseas, Spain. Um, little known fact, this is even getting crazier. My dad, my dad was active duty. My dad actually went on a date with Annette Funicello. Now, everybody who's listening are like, who the hell is that? Who the hell is that? <laughs> she was one of the original musketeers on the Disney um, no Mickey Mouse way. Club. Yes, yes. So uh, my dad also uh, was in the reserve with Mr. T's brother. So crazy. <laughs> Mr. S. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm, man. I, I, I segue. Sorry, Sean. I go all over the place. But I love it. That's, what, that's what this yeah. show's. All, well, good for you because I, I <laughs> often don't remember. I'm like, what else can we talk about? All right, we'll, we'll leave that totally unclosed loop. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I want to go to school for mm-hmm. a medical degree. So I thought, you know, but what's the easiest way to do that? Get a nursing degree first. That's yep. four years long. Uh, I'll get my medical experience and then also understand if I really like the medical field. Mm-hmm. And I can be a nurse in the Air Force. So I applied uh, applied and basically tested, uh, was accepted at two colleges, Michigan, Michigan State, went to Michigan State instead. And uh, basically in college, it's interesting because in ROTC, you basically – uh, one day out of the week, you would go and do drills. You'd be walking okay, around campus in nice your uniform. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm mean, like, so what, what makes it different then? Yeah, so you're one day a week, what kind of drills are you guys doing? So basically, we have uh, you take Air Force courses, so basically yeah. learning about the Air Force, uh, and then you also have drills. So you'll do this basically called the Leadership Laboratory, and you do drills. Uh, you would um, basically learn how to march, uh, learn about military structure, um, organization. You do um, military history. Mm-hmm. formations things like that and then the basically the cadet corps is is almost like modeled after a real uh, air force organization a wing is kind of the structure of the air force and then basically so every cadet would get an opportunity to basically play a role and okay. learn leadership and then every summer you had the opportunity to then go to either some type of training or experience like if you wanted to do skydiving with the air force uh, academy you could do that you oh. could go uh, lo- learn survival training you could do that you could um so I did um, a couple of different things. Um, I went to a nurse pro- nursing program, which was really cool, where I actually got to see how uh, nurses operate in the Air Force. And a lot of times, a lot of nurses are actually, the hospitals are right in major cities, are actually, they use um, ER emergencies, like gunshot wounds mm. and stuff, to, mm-hmm. to learn. That's how you learn to actually take care of, like, combat wounds. Yeah. By So it's kind of cool. So I did that. Uh, then I also went to what we call a basic training during my junior year. Uh, this is basically like a boot camp for us. So basically, it's that intense six weeks long. Uh, you're basically uh, learning all the skills you need to, uh, if you like it or not. That's a big yeah, part of it. Yeah, yeah. If you like being uh, yelled at by a uh, drill instructor. So and... this is physical training. Yes. Is it... Yes. Yep. So were you? Was this the best shape of your life kind of thing? Oh God, it was. It was. Yeah. I was always <laughs> starving to death, eating the worst <laughs> crap in the world. Really? Oh God, it was horrible. Yeah, the the, the food in the military is not great uh, by any Ooh. means, and I was so hungry because you were up six, you know, you know, five thirty in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I can't remember. Up yeah. to the end of the day, and you didn't have any downtime, so you were constantly active and busy, and your mind was blown. Uh, and yeah, you were eating all the time, and you didn't have any uh, any anything to distract you. 
There was no no newspapers or anything. Uh, no TV. You're just in it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really loved it. And you uh, did. It sounds awful. No, I mean it was it, for me. It was a good opportunity to, as a college student, you know that there's not a lot of structure except for going to class. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. And then it, it, sometimes that is a the worst thing in the world for people because yeah. they have no structure. They fall down. Uh, you know, the hill, don't go to school, don't go to mm-hmm. class, stay up too late, play video games, things like that. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was a good thing because it kept me on track. I had to shave, mm-hmm. you know, look okay. I had to, you know, I had to learn to take care of a uniform and also sticking out like that on a campus yeah. of, you know, 30,000 and wearing a uniform, it kind of got people to talk. So, um, yeah. I really enjoyed that, that, that interference. And, and basically after four years, got my nursing degree, um, went in and and I, I decided I didn't want to do nursing. I, I just found it wasn't for me. It wasn't my my heart wasn't in it. And with nursing what was your, your original path to... plan for it? Like you went in, you knew that you wanted your nursing degree, but was it like get in and get out as soon as possible? Or did you see like a like a life in the Air Force afterwards? Was that is that ever the goal for, for anybody? Or is it usually this is just a way for me to like serve my time? Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of agreement that you mm-hmm. sign to say like, if you're going to give me my education, I got to serve in the Air Force for X number of years. So was it, were you planning on staying beyond that? Um, you know, I wasn't sure at first. Um, yeah. I, I had a scholarship. So yeah, I was obligated because of that scholarship paid for my books and tuition, mm-hmm. um, which was a great opportunity. Loved it. Um, that thankful that I had that opportunity to do that. Um, I had four years that I was committed to the Air Force. Um, and I wasn't sure what I wanted, what I wanted to do next. And okay. because nursing was for me, the Air Force was graciously was like, okay, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? And I put my hat in a couple different career fields. I could have been in special investigations, like, oh. uh, like, uh, uh, Basically, what's the show I'm thinking of? It's the uh, NCIS kind of, mm. but for the Air Force Office of okay, cool. Investigation. That's like drug crimes, murders, things like that, investigation, yeah. um, or logistics, supply chain, things like that. So they gave me supply chain. So I'm like, okay, why not? So that's what I became. I became a supply officer. Um, I went to school for supply logistics because mm-hmm. having a, a medical degree doesn't exactly get you to a business and, 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 and that type of degree or, or career field. Yeah. So I did that, uh, did four, no, five years in the Air Force, uh, went to Korea for a year, which was fantastic. Oh, wow. The only problem with that was I married my wife three days before I did that. So we were apart for a year. Good timing. So, exactly. I why, was, did, no. why did you do that, Todd? <laughs> Well, I had no one. To, I had been engaged before, um, and mm-hmm. so I, at that point, I was kind of like, you know, it didn't work out. So I wanted to just do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, some family health issues as well. So I thought, you know, one thing in the Air Force, you don't get to choose where you go. They assign you where they need. But if you are willing to go someplace where may, maybe people don't want to go, like South Korea, um, they will potentially give you preferential treatment to get an assignment. So I thought, well, maybe I can get close to my family to help out with my with my dad and such. Mm. Well, that didn't exactly work out. So, um, but I oh. still said, "Oh, I'll I'll get to I'll get to go to Korea. I'll get some some great experience. I'd never really been out of the country really before. So this was my opportunity to do that." What and, was the job like? Can you talk about like why yeah. did they send you over there? Yeah. Um. So basically, I never know what secret agent stuff. No, like no. it's funny how often I I talk to people who have done a, 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 a service. So it's like I don't know what people are allowed to say. I've actually had some people sure. like Chris Bird like. Uh, details, 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 redacted, and then we'll continue on. I'm like, oh, that that's something. So I just I want to be like respectful of what you can can and can't talk about. So. Yeah. So so overall, my job is basically to make sure there's parts and fuel for aircraft. That was right, my okay. biggest job. Um, Maple syrup. I, 
Exactly, exactly. Right. I was an officer. I was a, I started off as a second lieutenant, uh, leading guys that were well older than me, more experienced. So, you know, that was a unique in, instance where, you know, you have to be flexible, uh, listen to the, the experience of others, but also have leadership to guide and uh, direct. So that was mm-hmm. kind of my role. And so when I went to Korea, really, I was there in support of a fighter wing of F-16s that were co-located with the South Korean Air Force. So basically, we would work together and basically we would do training missions to basically prepare for any type of, you know, aggression from North Korea. That's yeah, wow. part of the mission there. And also support the Pacific, uh, you know, rim area, China, whatever, any, mm-hmm. anything comes up. So and, and, it, and it was funny because while I was there, um, 9-11 happened. Um, oh wow! And the base I was on was a very small base, and it's very insulated. And we were shut down for thirty days. So just mm-hmm. imagine that you're in your little, small, you know, one mile radius town. You can't leave. You know, yeah. you feel it's oh like the gosh. the dome or whatever. And I was supposed to go home for because uh, I had just gotten married to go home actually to visit my in laws for the very first time and do a little trip because they allow you to take a a, a leave. Uh, during the year, and that got canceled, and everything got canceled. It was crazy. No kidding. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen next because all those things were happening, and you know, all of the 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 roll up, and would I be deployed to support forward operations, things like that. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, but but having my brother in law, he went to uh, he went to Iraq. I mean, so it was kind of crazy. Um, but it was a great experience, and I got to, to know some great people in the Korean Air Force. <laughs> what a I spin it. on it, Todd. Holy crap, man. Um, I need to – this is going to sound like as somebody totally not involved in this, and you're probably just kind of – most people who've uh, been in the service probably like, well, this is a stupid-ass question. Were you ever kind of like just taken aback by the vehicles that you were around, the, like just the – the machine of military air force navy like you're around some things the planes that you're just around stuff that most people don't even get a chance to see and you're just in it like this is just seven days a week 24 hours a day just like there's an f-18 plane like i don't know the last time that i ever saw one i don't know if i even have seen one. i don't know if i could pick it out and this is just so were you ever in the middle of it going Oh, this is very special. This is different than this is a unique experience. It was really cool. One of my jobs, I was actually on the flight line, and uh, you get to see all different types of aircraft show up. We yeah. even had the the space shuttle show up at our base, which was very what? cool. Yeah, yeah, down in uh, Eglin Air Force Base because you're by Cape Canaveral, things like that. I so they love actually it. Yeah, they man. landed, they refueled, and that was that was really cool. My wife actually. She had higher, you know, privileges than I did being public relations and mm-hmm. things. She actually got me closer than I normally would. Oh, I love um, and it was fantastic. But yeah, do you know uh, which one it was? Which oh, space shuttle? So it'd been two thousand one. So God, it would have been Discovery. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, oh, it's hard that's to remember. So yeah. awesome. That yeah. I'm totally like. I need to get somebody on here who's been like who's worked at NASA or something. I just want to pick their brain. I've done. I've done the uh, spend a day as an astronaut camp. Like that's what Chelsea got me for a wedding Aww. present because we got married in Fort Lauderdale, so we we took a trip and did a day at NASA and stuff. And it was that was absolutely spectacular. That's what I geek out about, man. Like it's all it's actually embarrassing to just like geek out about space. That's why I, you'd think I'd be more into Star Trek just because of all the space stuff. But yeah, man. Like so, you're around. You're around stuff. Do you ever just kind of like take stock or just like, holy crap, like this is not everyday life. This is a very different uh, environment I find myself in. 
Uh, definitely. I mean, I started off with a base that had F-16s, F-15s, um, no bombers. They typically are more remote uh, bases, so I didn't get to go to those. But um, we also had a lot of experimental aircraft. Um, I got to be around a U-2, which most people have never been around, mm-hmm. um, which are, you know, day. spy planes. And that's a unique aircraft where the fact that it has actually no landing gear. So they have Camaros and these fast sports cars that come in and actually have to bring in a wheel underneath it as it's landing so it can what? actually land. It's so crazy. So you see this, like, F- you see, like, a, a Camaro, a Corvette. Yeah. Like, what are they doing at an Air Force base? Vin nope. Diesel's driving it with Michelle yep. Rodriguez and the rocket just, the like, we'll just, like, yes. drive in underneath and just, like, you got it. Or the, maybe the maybe the pilot just, like, jumps out into the car and then somebody <laughs> takes over remotely and then the plane just kind of goes on. <laughs> That's a job I needed to have. And I don't even know who how you even get that job. I mean, in the Air Force, I mean, uh, like, recruited for NASCAR, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. I think how those some people are built happen. in a lab, Todd. I don't think they're actually Probably. real. They're just, yeah, those are an additional secret experiment. That is yeah. fascinating. Fascinating, dude. So I have to ask because I say that we talk about video games. How do how do games and nerd stuff like how does that happen when you're saving the world? Or does it? Maybe it doesn't. It's kind of crazy because um, I started off like most did kids did Atari fifty two hundred because I had to have the better system than twenty six hundred even though the fifty two hundred was the worst system in the world and analog jo- the first analog joystick control but didn't self center. So it'd be yeah. like flopped over. Horrible. Piece of crap. <laughs> uh, and I don't keep my system, so I am glad I got rid of that mm-hmm. pilot jump. Joysticks uh, used to have a switch where you could just turn it, turn that yep. auto center off. You yep. could just leave it and, and just flop around. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but this did not. Uh, then I went to that. the NES. I bought my NES from my neighbor who got it from a thrift store uh, in the early it. 80s. Uh-huh. So I had that. And then, um, sadly, I had a big gap. Um, yeah. In high school, I was chasing girls. Uh, working jobs, okay. Uh, yeah, all that fun stuff, and I just didn't have the time. I just yeah. really did not have the time. I mean, I don't know where I would have snuck it in, but I did rent systems over the summer. Like it. I'd go to, I'd go to like the the local mom and pop shop, rent a Genesis, rent a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that gap. I don't really, I did not play video games really truly until I got my crappy Packard Bell, uh, 486SX in in college, mm-hmm. and I got into PC gaming, yeah. and then after that, that's when. I think video games really picked up their their stride. What PlayStation kind of guts 1 in that thing. Oh god, it was a 25 megahertz processor. <laughs> yeah. 200 210 megabyte hard drive uh-huh. and it had it had it did have three and a half inch floppies even though they yeah, were floppy though. They were hard. Mm-hmm. So and then I did the same thing as you Sean. I upgraded that puppy. I oh, put a CD-ROM yeah. drive in it. I put a sound card in it mm-hmm. and uh oh my god, it was just in the beginning of the internet too. So my 25 megahertz. Our 25 megahertz had a little turbo button. It started oh, at yeah. 12 and you hit turbo and it would go up to 25, which I later learned it was actually the opposite. It was kind of like backwards mentality. Apparently it was a it was a 25 but you you push the button to take it back to 12 for some reason i think there was a power thing or i don't even know memory allocation i'm not really sure. somebody smarter out there knows why but that was a that was a thing a turbo button like yeah. automatic just the by the click of a button i was overclocking apparently <laughs> it made you feel powerful oh like oh turbo boost get the nitrous and it oh. literally it had like the numbers would change on the front it would go 12 to 25 it had a little like it had a little display on it that is incredible okay so, so what so- do you play what like you can't play much on that, like a lot of text-based no. stuff. Uh, well, you know, I got into RPG gaming, actually, at that point. Betrayal at Crondor, one of my favorite authors today, I actually did the weird thing where I played a game and liked it so much, I actually then decided to read the books. 
Oh, and the books yeah. are fantastic. So, and I actually interviewed that author on the podcast. So much fun to meet somebody you admire so much to do it. But I love that game because mm-hmm. it was turn-based. Um, it was a side story based on the books. Everybody had roles. It was also tactical combat. So if somebody was in front of you and you cast a spell, you'd hit them, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah. So what a concept. Then, uh, exactly. Then you played the LucasArts games, things like that, that were yeah. pretty low-tech. Uh, I played Doom, um, but um, and then I tried to play Quake, and my computer couldn't do Quake because it didn't have a graphics card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you need know. OpenGL, yep. 3D effects, and all that stuff. Oh gosh, that is hilarious. Um, God, I could go in a million different ways here. Um, I want to ask, kind of like, what is your most, what is your fondest either PC console like era, even like looking back, um, all the way back to the Atari. Like, what do you have? What do you, not even necessarily like the best. I think that their their games just get better, maybe. And and a lot of people will say sixteen bit. But what is like? What's the time period? You're just like, I'd like to experience that again. It has to be the three hundred and sixty PS three era. I I, I I mean, I felt I say that, that all the time. Sorry. No, no, I mean, totally get it because they were doing things. Mm-hmm. I think um, technologically that were probably pushing systems to a large extent beyond what we had seen going full hd things were beautiful and it was that leap plus the 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 way i think finally storytelling came into game mm-hmm. gameplay we got we really got the the high-end gta that we always wanted we got um mass effect that that trilogy that Ooh. i think did something that nobody else has done since they they can't even make a good mass effect now which I is know. sad because i'm an apologist for andromeda but by by all means it's not a great game i it's, dropped it. it's it's flawed mm-hmm. well and, and you know what i don't blame you for doing it because mm-hmm. i i i basically grudge played that game and beat that game because i felt like i loved those i i owed it to them me i felt that way too yeah. any other year i would have kept up with yeah. it but 2017 is a tough year man it's not that no but i mean i just think of so many great games that came out infamous uh uncharted oh, last of us i yeah, mean just man. think of how that's how that how that generation started and ended i mean just think of the crappy like 360 launch games that were like the original uh saints row oh yeah like, oh god even learning how to uh they, they had to establish standards for text for hd tvs oh, versus god, yes. the old sd tvs and things like that like what an what an arc i don't know if there's anything that is quite as dynamic uh like you, you look at even pc gaming over the course of history and that seems to be all like crammed into the 360 era of just going from the old tvs to the new and just like Xbox Live and PSN becoming a thing and just being so integrated. You got indies coming onto the scene. I say this a lot and I feel like I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's just like, it's almost like a canned answer of NES, of course, or Super Nintendo. Uh, you know, those can, you go further back, but maybe it's just because the 360 era isn't far back enough that yeah. people don't really like click in with it. But I, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, there's not a nostalgia for it. From mm-hmm. our perspective, because we're probably older, old enough to not feel like it was that long. You get when you get older, you feel like, oh, that was just yesterday. No, yeah. that was ten years, yeah, ten man. years ago, Todd. But there's kids now that are going to be growing up that you know, if they're like my son, he will feel nostalgic for that era. That's crazy because he kind of was at the. That's where he first started gaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I mean, I am most nostalgic though for the NES era because that's truly where um, I, I sunk my heart and my life into gaming. I had more time than I ever did before. Yeah. Loved it. Now, I'm not a nostalgic gamer anymore because, quite honestly, I don't like going back and playing old games Mm -hmm. because they've iterated so much that that experience, it's kind of like watching an old movie. I feel Mm -hmm. like 
it, it takes away from my original experience and my memory. And kind of was like, well, this isn't that great, even though I got an SNES, SNES Classic Mini. So whatever. What can I say? <laughs> I don't know. know. And that's, you know what, that's the life of a, of a gamer, a geek, and especially podcaster where we'll say one thing, but like then we'll do another thing. So I mean, what else? What, what are you going to do? Um, I have two more things that I need to get to before we both go back to our families here. <laughs> um, one, maybe not so much an elephant in the room, but something. We never finished Console Wars. This this conversation that you and I are having should have happened a long, long time ago. We had this like epic plan of doing kind of like this book club. <laughs> Console Wars was like a dollar on Kindle or on uh, Amazon or whatever the heck it was. Like, yeah, we'll totally do it. And my problem was because I bought it on Kindle, I never got to see... The thickness of that thing. I didn't know this was like a Stephen King book, dude. Like I'm kind of like flipping through and I'm like, okay, we're motoring along here. This must be, that must be a good percent, like a uh, percentage of the way through. And that's when I noticed actually Kindle has the little percentage at the bottom. And it was so, the number was so small for so long that I thought, surely that's not like the percentage of my way through this book. Did you ever, did you ever finish it? No, I think I got about 200 pages into it, and <laughs> I don't know if I felt like I'm at, I'm at the part where the feel I'm at the feel good part of the book. Okay, and I don't know if I want to go to that bad, feel bad part of the book mm-hmm. yet. Um, you know, we're at this point. Nintendo is definitely the bad guys. Oh I mean, yeah, and uh, the you know the savior is coming into is to is coming into Sega. Uh, he's fighting Japan, and mm-hmm. he's got an idea of how he's going to do this, and he's revolutionizing how how you change the game and 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 beat the big guy on his price. Yeah, and at that point, I'm like. I I don't know. I mean, it's got cool pictures and things in it, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to go any further. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I mean, kind of the I same. Should. You know what ruined it is the switch because yeah. that kind of like I, I the, basically I was I was taking the bus, especially at the time, and the only and uh, I'm taking the bus and either reading or playing Switch. And like, I'm sorry, but Breath of the Wild is going to win every single time over words. I mean, like, let's let's be real. I got to the point where. Uh, Sony was getting excited for their partnership uh, with Nintendo and, yes. and Nintendo gets up on stage and they announce that they're partnering with Philips, I think it was. So yep. that's that's where I ended up. And uh, I think we all know how it ends anyway. So like, oh, yeah, why? Why even? But I feel like it's, it's required reading for for a lot of nerds and people like us. This is a this is a story that we should all know. I should know it better than I think it was this that person. Exactly. Like these are it's neat to look at a lot of old commercials are popping up and seeing some of the the people. Like Peter Main I think was a was on a video I recently saw and just some of these old names pop up. So I wanted to just address that and Oh uh, sure. I just think that that's I just loved every other every other day or every other week would be like, "Hey man, where are you? I'm a page 80. <laughs> I'm a page I'm like, "Oh, I got to catch up." So one of these days I'll remember how to read again. Well, I thought about I do, reading it to Lincoln, but that's too advanced. I think. That's true. And Sean, as, as I get older, and you'll find this with what time is basically your most precious commodity, mm-hmm. where you spend that time. Does you know? Like I said, uh, I, I'm. I think most Nintendo fans at this point are probably going to go into a state of shock when they see how many games are coming to Switch when they can't play them all. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, prioritizing. Bobby, quite honestly, has got to slow down because that man buys everything, and he will never play any Dude, of them. Dude, he, he bought FIFA. I'm like, I what? I mean, I guess he's liking it. I'm, I'm glad. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but we'll just wait till the movie comes out with Console Wars. <laughs> be done in two hours because uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy uh, Seth Rogen, uh, basically. Oh, that's was right. That was. Yep. I thought you were joking. That's right. Nope. That is a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so, way better. Yeah, but I totally get it. I'm. I. I read a lot of comics, but a lot of books and. 
I get so tired at night when I'm going to read, I fall asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I should be doing that too, because right now I'm listening to podcasts to go to sleep, and that's probably not that's probably mm-hmm. not healthy either. I could probably throw on the, the Kindle is just so nice because it doesn't like oh, yeah. light up the room, and I don't need a flashlight yeah. for it either. So it is for it is for husbands and dads, I think. So maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll jump on that. Very last thing, Todd. We are we're getting into the thick of things in the fall here. Games are coming out every other second. I think 18, like you were talking about, just came out for the Switch last week. I don't know if people are exaggerating with that. What are you looking forward to, man? Like, how are you approaching this holiday season of what will likely turn out to be just the absolute craziest year in gaming in, in decades, really? Well, the best news I got was that Far Cry was not coming out this fall. I'm like, right. thank God, because I'm like, I thought that was coming too, and I'm like, oh, oh man, my god, 2018 is going to be nuts. What am I saying? It's never, it never, it never stops, Sean. Every year mm. will be fantastic for now. But for me, um, it's it's quite honestly probably three games. Okay. Um, Mario Odyssey. Uh, yes. I played a demo of that now. It's rolling out at GameStops and Best Buys. Mm-hmm. So if you can stop by, check it out. Um, and it's I, I did the right thing. There was a little girl next to me who was probably six years old. Yeah, I so let her push play. her out of the way. Oh, yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I let her play. <laughs> and I was just talking to her. She was playing. It was just so cute to see. Look, it's, you'll see this soon with your son. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to watch it through their eyes. And then eventually they get better at you. Like then my son's already 275 in destiny. So oh my destiny too. Gosh, oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, and that's part of the problem too. Destiny is that, that it's that elephant in the room as you speak. It's mm-hmm. always there asking more of you. But uh, quite honestly, Mario Odyssey, that's my number one um, switch game that I'm going to play this fall. I haven't played a lot on switch except for uh breath of the wild because the yeah. other games i'm kind of like that doesn't speak to me as much as mario does because you don't get a 3d mario um once in a generation if even that yeah I mean, so uh, that's a fantastic thing and they're going backwards and and sunshine is probably my favorite 3d mario oh wow and if they ever fix that and, and fix the camera issues and make it look better um i think more people would appreciate that game but that's mm-hmm. just my two cents uh beyond that uh mordor Shadow of War. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love the first game, even though I'm not a big fan of the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, art style that they used in the movies. It kind of looks kind of bad, but I just love that combat because it's basically Batman in Lord of the Rings combined with that, that, that rhythmic combat, the cool story that's, that's cinematic, but Mm. also, um, that, that, uh, I can't remember what the name of the gameplay mechanic is where basically your enemies will remember you. Oh, the nemesis system. I thought that was so much. It's it, it amazing. Added, it added so much to uh, my tactics and what I would do, and and I, I just love that series. Um, so I'm so excited it's coming out. I'm definitely going to play that. Um, Salt Park. That's another oh, one. Oh, dude, yeah. Now, now you're talking. Very excited. <laughs> I love um, love the first one. I think that game would be. I, and and I'm almost tempted just wait for it to come on Switch because um, to me. That would be a great home for it. Doesn't require huge, um, you know, resources. The the style of uh, of visuals, the combat doesn't mean it's going to need, uh, you know, a high FPS. But mm-hmm. I might hold off on that one. Just same as Wolfenstein Two. That was another game I was excited about. Wolfenstein Two. But I'm like, I could play that on the Switch. So we'll oh, see are, how you, are you goes. waiting? You well, we'll see how Doom goes. We'll yeah. see how Doom goes. Um, yeah. But I also got the conundrum. I sold my Xbox One and got a gaming laptop. So, because now you'd really, if you've got a gaming laptop, you don't need an Xbox because all the first party games will play on your PC. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm like, I want to play some PC games. So I'm going to start Resident Evil 7 for, that's my Halloween game. So nice. I was going to do the evil within two, I think for my, I, for some reason I did Resident Evil, like not at a scary tie, just played it when I got my hands on it kind of thing. But yeah, it didn't tie in at all, but evil within man, it just, Oh, that scared me. It affects my organs somehow. Like I (laughs) 
<laughs> I think my spleen hurts when I play that game. Um, but that's awesome. Dude, this is, this is amazing. I'm so glad that I finally got to have you on. And this was such a, a great chat. Hopefully people love Star Trek. I mean, I feel like whether or not you're a big fan of Star Trek or not, you can appreciate a little, little conversation about it. Oh, so sure. thank you so much. Tell everybody, uh, we, we barely even talked about Secret Friends Unite. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, maybe just a little bit about if they don't know Secret Friends Unite. What is it about and where they can find it and all that good stuff? Sure. Uh, Secret Friends Unite podcast. We actually start off as a Facebook group, my, my college roommate and I, and we wanted to just have a place where we could just talk about all geeky stuff together. Mm-hmm. Then out of that, we said, hey, we live out of state. Um, we don't see each other much. We don't get to talk to each other as much. This is a great excuse to our spouses. Hey, we have to do this podcast so we can talk every week. Bye. So that's, that's what we did. So we basically started this podcast. We're on episode one. We just recorded 132 this week. That's weekend. awesome. Um, been doing about four years. I actually started on a, a doing gaming podcast long before that and then transitioned to this. So, um, but we, we don't really talk about video games much on, on mm-hmm. the show. We really, we really focus on nerd culture overall, TV, movies, comic books, uh, cartoons, collectibles, things like that, with video games sprinkled in because my co-host does not play video games. So... Uh, this has been a pleasure because I love talking about video games with oh, others. Nice. So, um, and we had when we had you on the show, Sean, we actually talked about video games because we did an E3 special with right. your with your cohort, you know, Bobby Paul's. That I that, mean, he uh, came for a little bit, but yeah, yeah exactly. sort of like. I mean, he got disconnected. We'll just say that we kicked him out. Exactly. It was, yeah, it was all right. I love you, Bobby. I'm just kidding. Exactly. So, well, it reminds um, me of um, Spencer Stapleton as well with Fortress of Nerditude. I was, I was, yeah. I think I said it in the intro here of um, you guys remind me of each other very much. You both bald, both have these nerd centric podcasts, and uh, would like to talk more about video games, but you have a, a co-host who who doesn't play as much. So, but I'm always impressed with like just. Not just the breadth, but the depth as well. Like you just went on, like how many topics did you just say? Toys, collectibles, comics, all these other things. And like, man, I can just focus on video games and I don't even get all of that right. And you do each <laughs> one of those pillars so well. And I definitely recommend everybody check that out. Um, where can they find uh, you on Twitter and all the other things to, to yeah. get in touch with you? Uh, on Twitter, we're at Secret Friends U. Uh, Facebook, look for uh, Secret Friends Unite Podcast. That's our podcast page. We also have a group, too, if you want to talk about memes and crazy stuff. And I think you actually got a game out of our, our group. You actually got the South Park game, right? Did Chelsea get a code? Uh, yeah, man. That is really Perfect. nice. We're going we're gonna to have to figure because I've pre-ordered it. I don't know if I'm getting the code or not, but that is very, very nice. I accidentally sold our one of our PS3s because Chelsea and I each had one. Uh, and South Park was in it when we sold it. So that person got an extra game. That's okay. kind of frustrating. But Excellent. yeah, man, that's awesome. I know yeah. she wants to go back to it. She won't play my 360 version because she Aww. likes trophies. Uh, yes, that's the that's, that's the conundrum. That's a thing. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, our, our podcast, it's Secret Friends Unite podcast. We're on every service you have. Our home is at Podomatic, but uh, have been talking to Dave Moore, uh, taking the plunge. I am so lazy that I'm like, I have to learn something new. I have to do mm-hmm. this because my backlog is not – our backlog of podcasts is not readily available. So I actually own those locally and upload them. So I may have to have Dave walk me through the process so I can join the Day Space family. Love it. I love it. That is awesome. Well, thank you again. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks, Todd, so much. Thank you for having me on, Sean. I love I, – I kind of run out of time listening to every podcast you guys do. Um, and I want to say I, I appreciate this format because just talking to another person that's different every week, it's it's fantastic. Thanks, uh, really, the last two podcasts you've done have been phenomenal, uh, talking about the mental illness uh, you know, s- situation in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're being very open and honest about it is phenomenal. That's, that's, I hope it helps a lot of people. I really Thanks, do. Thanks, man. I, yeah. I do as well. And, and we will uh, – just for everybody. 
everybody just now that it's out there, like we will come back to it. It's just I, I, I want to be very mindful of how people came on board with this show. I don't want to abandon that, but I also don't want to abandon this new thing that's kind of um, opened up a little bit. So we will get back to that. Uh, but it's I, I want to try and balance a little bit of that. So thank you, man. I, I appreciate those kind words. And, and thank you for being with me today. Excellent. Thank you. on the show i did it we did it you did it you listened at least i don't know (laughs) thank you so much todd it was so amazing having you on the show remember everybody follow him on the twitter at talkstra t-o-x-t-r-a uh or more importantly maybe facebook.com slash group slash secret friends unite join it because more than just video games todd todd this group this secret friends unite group is like it's kind of like Fortress of Nerditude. I think those guys need to collaborate, maybe, because the level of geekdom, I just have my, you have my full respect. The knowledge, the well of knowledge is so amazing. And if you guys are at all nerdy, I think you are. We are nerdy. We are the nerdy. Uh, they take it to another level, and I love it. Please join us. I'm on there as well. Join, join us. Facebook.com slash group slash Secret Friends Unite. I'm still kind of grooving a little bit. I've just been listening to that Super Mario 2, like, as if the band from Saturday Night Live did it. I kind of kind of dig that. Usually go for more of the chiptunes type of stuff. I'm liking that, that big band jazz kind of stuff. So that was from ocremix.org just like every week. So thank you to ocremix.org for all of the music. Remember, you guys, subscribe. If you haven't already, subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, it's on youtube.com slash we the nerdy it is that's the best way to watch it really it's the only way to watch it <laughs> so therefore it is the best subscribe leave comment all that good stuff thank you guys so much follow me on twitter at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants follow the show at we the GamerCast. the website we the nerdy for not just my stuff remember this is not just this is not my website i'm very happy and fortunate that i get to be part of it it's not mine a lot of good stuff that i'm not a part of happening over on WeTheNerdy.com. Uh, remember, I'm on If We Run Nintendo, of course, with Bobby Pauls. That's at YouTube.com slash NintendoGuru. And m- one of my favorite things to do, my week lights up every Thursday morning when I get in my car and record the Xbox Drive. Yes, I record a podcast while I drive to work. That means that it should fit in your commute as well. I know you listen to so many different things, so thank you, everybody, for all the support early on with the Xbox Drive. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the Xbox Drive moving i think it's going to be a good year for xbox what a great time to start an xbox podcast so that's on itunes and google play find it on day space remember uh what else do you want do i tell you to remember um we're gonna do recurring guests seamus if you're listening let's do it i feel like you should be the first recurring guest i've had you on once before but now that we're moving into this new era let's do it man i want to catch up with you it'd be that would be great uh, I will have my reviews on We the Nerdy for Cuphead and Forza 7. That's happening. Guys, let's, let's wrap this up. Thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard. Not to brag. Our video designer, Antonio Guillen from Switch Talk. Uh, this podcast, of course, powered by Day Space Network of Podcasts, Indie Podcasts, Nintendo Nostalgia is on there, Topic Nintendo, so many others. Uh, otherwise, this is episode 106. It's now in your ears and your eyeballs. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back next week. Hope you're there too. Let's go. Uh, let's go hang out with some Jason. Jason Lacey. Jace plays games. Jace on. Jason. Jason. <laughs>
Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!